This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. And welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast, the podcast brought to you by the sciencefictionary.com, where we discuss all things in the world of sci fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and superheroes in the world of pop culture. I'm Daniel, and joining me today are Marisha. Hello. Andrew. What's going on? And David. Hey, everybody. I've been recording a lot of podcasts, but this is the one I'm always the most excited for. So I'm happy to be here. Because we're the coolest. You're the coolest guy. <laughs> You're the coolest dude. All right. Yeah. And me. Anyway. Not a dude. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we got a lot to talk about, and um, this is going to be new format for us starting this week. Yeah. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, if you came here looking for our weekly uh, talks about X-Files and Star Trek, uh, our reviews of... Um, those shows and movies, you will actually find that on this week's second episode or other episode. I'm not sure which one's going to hit you first. Um, but we do have some Star Trek to talk about tonight. But the first thing we want to do, same thing we do every week, what what have we been watching? What's what's new to you guys on TV? What have we been watching lately? Well, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is back for its final season. Yep. Two episodes yeah. in. Well, we've only seen one so far, right? Yeah. Only one, one, yeah, we've only watched one episode. Oh, and so far it was probably the best episode in a couple of seasons. Yeah, last so, season was a now, little. Granted, they they've had a year and a half since the last episode aired, so yeah, theoretically they had a lot of time to really hone in and get this right. Mm-hmm. So really Good. enjoying that, and and like I said, it's um. Really seems like they may have recaptured some of the things that made the show good early on. Yeah, yeah. That that show really was was a show I watched early on, and had a lot of potential early on. And whenever they kind of got where they really couldn't figure out how much they wanted to tie into the cinematic universe, and then it felt like it didn't at all. And of course, Shield ended up being Hydra, and it kind of threw the series for a loop. And it, I, I just sort of. I just sort of wondered for a long time where they were going to go with it, but I am glad they kept it on track. Love Clark Gregg. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, course. you know, I'll watch anything with Ming-Na Wen in it. Oh, we didn't um, see anything of her this first episode, though. She's She was in some kind of cryo cryo sleep or something. Yeah. But they've done some, they've done some good things. Even the bad seasons had some good moments. I mean, they did. I they, wasn't a fan of the Cree thing. The Cree, the Cree stuff wasn't great, but they did a really good job with Ghost Rider. Yeah, and the Inhuman stuff yeah, was kind of interesting. I did like the Ghost Rider episodes. I did. So, they they've done some some interesting things. They obviously did better with the Inhumans than uh, the Inhumans TV show yeah, did right. with the Inhumans. Yeah. Which uh, there was some some talk about Quake. What's the actress's name? Chloe Bennett, mm-hmm. right? Chloe Bennett. Yeah. Yeah. If they do an all female hero movie, she'd like to be a part of that. Yeah, and I'd say um, she's earned that. I would say after seven seasons of TV, 
of carry uh, of being one of the people that's helped carry that show for seven seasons, mm-hmm. I'd say that, especially if you're setting it in a post Black Widow Marvel MCU. Right. Then I would say that Chloe Bennett may have done more than any other actress in the MCU at this point to deserve to be in that. I would right. love to see May in a movie. I mean, uh, she's awesome. Yeah, I mean, this isn't actually May. This is um, Sky Quake. I, I know, I know. I'm just talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, also, you went off topic. That's what you did. Okay. <laughs> you went completely off topic. No, nah, but I mean, I, I feel Even I saw that post the other. Shield who deserved to be in a movie. Yes, I think I think I think you're right. I think Ming Na Wen does deserve to be in a movie too, but she's yeah. not quite as a superhero as Quake is. Yeah, but neither is right. I mean, That's as far true. as some of those characters, like you know, I would love for him to bring. Mockingbird back, even though they never mm-hmm. called her that in the series. I mean, they obviously did Bobby Morse. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And but I, I posted, I saw her post the other night, and I immediately posted that yes, yeah, she deserves it. She's earned it. Mm-hmm. If they're going to do that movie, a, she's earned it. I think it's still a big missed opportunity that they didn't. Like I understand not including the Netflix shows and this stuff, but you could have had the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters show up in Infinity War or Endgame yep. in some area. Yeah. I, I think it's a huge missed opportunity, to, especially, like, you know, have... They never brought Coulson back into the fold, which I think is a shame. That mm-hmm. it's, it's probably one of the biggest missed opportunities in the MCU. And I, I, I love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, the part of the show that I really enjoy and that kept me watching it for the few, for the few seasons that I did was actually... Uh, we did a huge thing about Firefly last week, so it kind of ties in. All of the Jaws Whedon influence mm-hmm. that you can feel in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was Jed. I mean, he show ran the first season, didn't he? He created the show. Well, he, Jed Whedon and uh, his wife, whose name escapes me at the moment, are the showrunners. Still are still the showrunners, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Once the the initial group dynamic changed, it definitely did kind of change the feel of the show. Kind of, they kind of you know killed off characters and brought new characters in. Mm-hmm. I I I feel like they never did quite regain that dynamic that they had in that first season with the the characters. Yeah, probably not. Because uh, there was just something magical about that that group that they had there. Um, and I'm sorry, but Yo Yo is not better than Brett Dalton. No, Brett Brett Dalton was fantastic in that show, and he was great. For there, there was a there was a period where Ward was probably the best villain in the MCU. <laughs> I would easily have said, yeah, I, uh, I, before you had things like Killmonger and right. Thanos and stuff like that. But I, I was think a you point can where make, Ward was the most interesting. I think you can make a strong argument for that. Like, like that twist at the end. I think that was at the end of season one. Like it was like season, season one. one. Yeah, that was. That was some of the most compelling Marvel stuff you you could get. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a must watch show for a second, and I think it kind of lost that. It got its populated by Ghost Rider, like y'all said. And the, the season one was the best season, and then the Ghost Rider episodes were the best thing since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of my feeling on it. Well, it, I agree, and I feel like the Kree stuff, and I understand why they might have done it and tried to distance themselves from the Marvel Marvel from the MCU timeline proper, why they sent them into the future. And now they're of course in the 1930s, presumably this will end with them finally making it back home, but we will see. But the idea of Quake in a movie is great because in the TV show, 
you don't have other a lot of other supers mm-hmm. in the and so you can't like you can't turn Quake up to full Quake power. Right. Uh, Quake should be much much more powerful than she displays a lot of times in this show, and they have to downplay it just because she's fighting normal people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that happens a lot with superhero television. I don't know. I, like I said, that I, I am glad that show's still going. I hope they give it a proper ending. Yeah, I'm uh, optimistic. Clark Gregg has been such a such a important part of the MCU, mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah, they, they they deserve it. So that's what Marisha and Andrew are watching. Dave, have you watched anything lately new? Uh, well, the new season of Grey's Anatomy is on Netflix, but I don't think that's okay, really on topic for the show. <laughs> so it, um, I've actually been well, watching a metric ton. I think I've even talked about it before of The Walking Dead. I've been playing some zombie video games that were on Game Pass lately, so I've just been watching Walking Dead. But we've talked about that before. I love the show, even though I most people have like let it go at this point. Um, and I've also been watching a ton of Marvel movies. Mm. I love Disney Plus so yes. much. It's my favorite thing. It's great. And I love picking a random Marvel movie. Last time I was over at my dad's house, we sat down and put on the first Avenger, uh, Captain America, the mm-hmm. first Avenger. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I rewatched those probably like at least like three different Marvel movies a week is what I spend my time doing when I put when I'm actually watching something. I wish I had more time to watch television shows. And mm-hmm. to watch things like that, mostly it's stuff I put on in the background. Yeah, so I like putting on stuff like I already seen. A, yeah, it's not like you do a podcast every week where we talk about the stuff. You know, that's that <laughs> never happened. <laughs> um, but I took a, I actually took a cue from Andrew Marisha's book. They had mentioned Pirates of the Caribbean the other day. I watched that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not realize that movie is almost twenty years old. Right. Okay. So I have to tell you this, like the, the moment when I realized, okay, I think I may be getting old. I was teaching a piano lesson to a like legit teenager. The kid's like 16. And, um, you know, and, and so one of the things, you know, I was like, all right, we're going to, we're going to learn the pirates theme. That's, you know, not, not too hard, but it's interesting and it's not quite as familiar as like Star Wars. So, you know, maybe it's something he wouldn't be as familiar with. So he'd actually have to read the notes. So I get it out and he's like, oh, this movie came out before I was born. And I was like, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. <laughs> because like I wasn't like, well, you know, about four years. Star Wars came out when I was like, you know, a teenager, but like. I was mostly grown whenever Pirates of the Caribbean came out. I felt so old. I can't even tell you how old I felt. So, yeah. So, so what about, uh, it's, it's it's mostly fan casting. What about the fan casting this week of uh, Johnny Depp as Hondo Anaka? Oh, yeah. I could go uh, in for that. Yeah. yeah, I could go for that, too. <laughs> I could totally see him pulling that off. Oh, somebody said that the other day. I was like, yeah, why not? That makes complete and total sense. Yeah. I mean, he's well, always kind of all, been the Jack Sparrow. Hondo's always been the Jack Sparrow of mm-hmm. kind of the the Star Wars animated stuff. I mean, that's that's kind of who that character is. Yeah. But really, even if he wasn't, do we really think Johnny Depp couldn't play anything he wants to? The man is transformative. It's amazing. Like, you know, there are a lot of actors out there. They're like, oh, that person's talented. They can play the same character in any movie. And then there's Johnny Depp. Yeah. I'm sorry. I get so much flack for that crap. I love Denzel. 
Love Denzel. Uh-huh. Totally deserved his Academy Award. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying he doesn't, but the man plays the exact same character in every movie. I want to see him do something a little different. Every character he plays is the sure, take charge, stand up, man's man kind of character. Uh-huh. Every one of them. Those Equalizer movies are fantastic. I hope they make a third one. I love Denzel. But show a little range, buddy. <laughs> or of course, I can't, the, the man, the man still got more talent in the tip of his pinky than I've got <laughs> in my entire body as far as acting goes. I can't do it at all. But you know, I'm just saying. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of really you know, actors who win a lot of awards who that's really what they do is they're really good at playing yeah. That one thing. And you know, and, and I don't know, you know, you always wonder, it's like how much range, if they have more range than that, and they just keep getting cast as the same character over well, and over again. Surely because, that's some of it. Because, you know, it's just what works. But like Johnny Depp, I think, established himself so early as weird. People are like, oh, let's cast. I mean, like watching him in Finding Neverland and then Which is a wonderful movie. Watching him is the creepiest Willy Wonka iteration you could ever see in your nightmares. And then doing, you know, Jack Sparrow. And then like there's just a series of characters that he's just not even recognizable, you know, from one. But he's, he's not ever recognizable because he's so different in each of those roles. Exactly. Yeah. The, it's 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 crazy because actually in Finding Neverland, you know he's he's J M Barr who, uh, uh, of course, created Peter Pan. Yeah, he, he's a he's a normal guy. Yeah, real kind of introverted and Edward Scissorhands or Jack Sparrow. Right. But it's weird to see him just be mm-hmm. the normal guy who has a family and cares about people and has career issues and you know like. Yep. All of us. Yeah. The uh, the good thing for Johnny it's a Depp. Beautiful movie. Yeah. I love yeah. that movie. The good thing for Johnny Depp is he's been able to go from he's been able to shift from different genres of film without it affecting affecting him very greatly. You know, when Jim Carrey, who was like the slapstick king of mm-hmm. the late 90s, when he kind of turned around and tried to do a couple of serious movies, they just bombed big time. But they had Jim Carrey in the studio, still chose to promote them as sort of silly. Cable, sure, Cable Man is funny. It's got funny moments. Or the Cable Guy. But the Cable Guy is not, not a comedy. It's a dark comedy. Yeah. And emphasis and on dark. And they downplayed the, like, the real message of that movie mm-hmm. to make it look like a slapstick comedy. Mm-hmm. And, and then he turned around and did The Majestic, which I love that movie. That is one of my favorite movies. The Majestic's good. The, the Truman Show is not slapstick. And The Truman Show was one that they built so as an absolute good. comedy, and it's a brilliant movie. It's, it's, uh, no, it is funny. It is a comedy, but it's not a Jim Carrey slapstick right. comedy. Mm-hmm. It's that is that's a dramatic role, and he's yeah. brilliant. It's a dramatic role with beautiful dramatic moments that he mm-hmm. acts perfectly. Eternal uh, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is mm-hmm. a masterpiece, and that's well, just one of. Oh, it is. It that's that's a great film. But most recently, Jim Carrey did Sonic the Hedgehog, where he goes one hundred percent full Jim Carrey. Yep. Yeah, he goes full nineteen ninety eight Jim Carrey. Oh my 
gosh. Which was actually really fun to see after so long. Yeah. Right. But anyway. Speaking of that, oh. we're getting a Sonic the Hedgehog, Hedgehog sequel. Really? That's news. Wow. Yeah, That's I don't guess crazy. it's surprising news given how well it did. I mean, the movie did remarkably well. Yeah. You know, talk it, about, though, like, because that was one a lot of people were like, what, like didn't like the way it looked, right? So the studio went and changed it. And all yes. these people like, how dare you make audiences think they have that much power? You're gonna destroy. You're gonna destroy the movie industry by letting people tell you that they don't like it and to go change it. Me yeah. and my friends and who went and saw that movie higher. never would have saw it unless they changed it. We yeah. went and saw it because we wanted to support them after mm -hmm. making that change and listening to the feedback like that, and then putting in that extra work to and completely money. change the movie. That made me, and I'm sure it made most of the people who saw it. It made mm -hmm. them actually, who yeah. weren't going to see it. I was not going to see that movie, no matter what he looked like. Well, wait I mean, a minute. I could wait not care less. Wait a minute. But because I would agree, No, I would agree with you that more people probably went and saw it than would have before, because before the character did look stupid. Okay, so I would agree with you that made the character look better. It was probably more appealing for people to go see it. I don't think there was a great big movement for let's go see this movie and support the people who made a change on social not media. Not a great big move, and I'm not saying it was a revolution. I'm just saying that I personally, I'm one of them, and I personally know people like groups of people who said who were the only reason we went and saw it was to support people who did that thing. Yeah, I don't care that they made him look better. They what I care about is that they did something. That did that. Yeah. I think you're the only five people that did that. Oh, I don't think so. Okay. I saw people I, on social I'm, media I'm talking about it. it no, I, I saw people on the internet talking about, like, I'm going to see this because, you know, they listened to us and they did what we said, basically. Mm -hmm. so. Well, the, though any, but the, the power of social media, like Marisha was saying, how dare you let them influence you to make a change? And now we get an entire re edit of a film that only about 50% of the people actually like. The power of social media. With yeah. the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Right. Now, you know, the, the Sonic the Hedgehog thing, you're walking a fine line there when you start doing things like that because of reaction to a trailer. But they clearly made the right choice. They clearly stepped back. That's the thing about criticism is is you have to learn what to, you know, to, you have to take it in and learn, learn how to filter mm -hmm. criticism. I mean, when... You know, I did four years in art school, and that was one of the first things that they stressed with us was how to filter criticism how and work. learn how to make use that and when to throw it away and pretend like it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And clearly they saw that they had made a mistake. I don't think they just went back and did it simply because of the outcry. I think they saw the outcry and took time to step back and go, you know what, they might have a point. Um, mm -hmm. And... I mean, I think, you know, I, I I don't know how I feel about the Justice League thing completely. I think it's more than anything somebody saw an opportunity to make more money on this movie. Yeah. Because guess yeah. where it's going to be available? Right. On a streaming service that nobody would get otherwise. Well, not as many people. There will be people who will now get HBO Max just so they can see the Snyder mm -hmm. Cut of Justice League and I'm not going to lie to you I will 
I probably would have got it anyway, but now I'm more excited to get it because I do want to see the Snyder Cut. And we'll all borrow uh, your password. <laughs> My question about the Snyder Cut, though, is what happens when the Snyder Cut's when it's just as bad? Yep. That's exactly what I'm saying. I can't wait. Well, then it'll be just as bad. You know, I mean, it's... Not but like but that's the thing. Doesn't already have haters. He'll just that's have true. A few but more. you're 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 just feeding the fire of the division in your overall fan base. Like, if you put this out and it's just as bad, there's going to be a large group of people that are going to claim they love this movie no matter what. Just like there's people who are going to hate it no matter what. But the truth is, is that we don't often get movies that get a director's cut to make a bad movie good. Most director's cuts... Or to make a good movie longer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most, <laughs> most director's cuts take a movie that was okay or good. Sometimes you get really great movies that get director's cuts. Now, I'm not saying there's never been a bad movie that's gotten a director's cut, but how many bad movies have gotten a director's cut that really made it better? Well, but wait, Hobbit. wait, wait. This is a little bit different because we're not getting a director's Hobbit. I, I'm going to say there that... What really made The Hobbit better might not have been so much the added footage as it was that we watched it in the theater in 3D, which I despise, and we watched it. It was when they were insisting on running everything in the new frame rate, which made everything look bizarre on a screen. I hated it just for that. Like I checked out in the middle of the second movie because I just couldn't stand to watch it. When I rewatch that movie on my TV at home, I like it. I see. But we're also, though, not getting a director's cut from the director who actually finished the film. We're actually getting a mm -hmm. version of this movie from the director, from a director who didn't actually finish it the first time. Yeah, I so know. But the thing is, is actually we've got might be different. There's a, there's one precedent for this. The Richard Donner cut of Superman 2. Right. Richard Donner started Superman 2, didn't get to finish it. And I will admit, though, the Donner cut of Superman 2, as much as I love Richard Donner, is not as good a movie as the version we got. It's not. Uh, there was a lot of planning of Superman 1 and 2 together. The ending of Superman 1 was actually supposed to be the ending of Superman 2 to begin with. So when Donna went back and did his cut, he spliced in the same. It was just weird. Right. That no, I've, I've seen didn't make both. the movie any better. Yeah. But so my whole thing is when we talk about the Snyder cut, yeah, you're getting a director that didn't get to finish the movie, come back and finish it. And his vision was probably different than the person that finished it. And I, right. and I like Zack Snyder, but let's not pretend like we had a hack of a director that finished cutting that movie. I'm no. absolutely not. That's No, no one's going to... Absolutely. That's absolutely true. Joss Whedon, uh, like you said, that's not a hack of a director at all. We had a good director finish that movie. Mm -hmm. But I also well, wonder, also just like you have to wonder what it would be like if Snyder finished it, what would it have been like if Whedon had started it? We'll never know. What we got is some weird amalgamation oh, so we need that the, we're stuck with as the final film. We need the Whedon cut. We, well, no, we, we need to reboot it and let Whedon make it from start to finish. <laughs> Like that's the that's the next thing. Like, what's the? I don't know what that's too long. The of next a hashtag thing is the there. air cut. People are tweeting about the air oh, cut. Oh God! For yeah. About the there what? There's a small movement for the air cut. 
Give yeah. them an inch, they ask for For Suicide Squad. Oh. Yeah. Right. That was the um, thing that I saw the other day and just posted the Michael Scott screaming no gift. Yeah. 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 It's like, like, no, just stop. Yeah, Air claims that they beat his soulful, deep drama into a comedy because of the uh, backlash from uh, Batman v Superman. Hmm. They reshot. And Deadpool was funny, so we got to make Suicide Squad funny. Uh, Yeah, I do think we're going a step too far demanding the air cut now. (laughs) Yeah, um, I agree. I've been against this. I have mixed feelings about the Snyder Cut. Like, I'm not against um, the Snyder Cut. Like, I'm all, like, all the fans that are getting this because there's such an outcry for it. Like, I'm happy yeah. for you. That's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for Zach. You know, it, it. It, 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 I, if, I, if I remember correctly, it was a big tragedy in his personal life that kind of correct stopped him from being able to finish this movie the way he wanted to. And so I'm happy for Zach. You know, I really am like that. He gets to do it. I don't agree with his vision for these characters. And I don't, that's in that. And I'm never going to get past that. And I'm, I'm sure there are many fans like me who are never going to get past that. So like you said, there are people who are going to hate this movie, no matter what I'm going to try to have an open mind about it. A big part of me is happy that a creator had an outcry to let a studio like to, to, to allow a studio to let him do something. And it worked. And a creator gets to do something that he wanted to do despite big studio interference. Yay. That's great. I love that for him. That's a, that's a win for creators, right? But then the other big part of me, I've been against it the whole time because, I, I, first of all, I don't really care that much. And second, um, when you look at like, the side-by-sides of like, what the final version was, and then what Zach's version was. If you're like, wow, we got to get the Snyder Cut. Actually, look at those pictures side by side. It's the same freaking movie, dude. Like, except Martian Manhunter's in Snyder's Cut for, like, a second. You know, like, and and, and I could 100% be wrong, but I've tried to read this. I've tried to look at the pictures. I've tried to see what what Zach is saying. I've tried to see what he's tweeting out. I've been trying to pay attention and I look at these side by side stills and stuff and it's like, okay, so it's the exact same scene except Ezra Miller standing slightly to the left in this one. Yay, we got to get a whole new cut of the movie. You know, I just don't, I don't think, I think it's going to come out and there are going to be people who love it, but then there are going to be people who are going to go, okay, everything that I hated about the original, the theatrical, I still still hate about this one. Yeah. You know, I watched the movie and like, I don't hate it, but it's, you know, there were a lot of it that was fine, but I felt like the whole big action sequence at the end of that movie, it's just a mess. Like people are appearing in the fight. They were like way over there a second ago and now they're here and just in time to save somebody else and it's just I felt it feels like somebody cut it together that didn't have all the footage they needed and as much money as they spent on that they should have had all the footage they needed it's like there's just there's things in that last fight you're just watching and you're going that doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. like it very rarely do I watch an action movie where during the action sequence first time I watch it where I'm like nitpicking it but in that one it was just like why why did that happen and really, the 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 final fight sequence 
of that movie is isn't what most people had a problem with, to be honest. So that was really? my big problem with it. <laughs> um, I mean, so it's like. I don't know if I will ever, I probably will never watch that movie again, unless it just like happened to walk in a room and it's own. I will probably watch the Snyder cut just out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. With my dad's password. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you know, anyway, but by then I can just like, you know, show up at his house. That's you know, true. The, the, maybe the quarantine uh-huh. will be over. We can have a watch party <laughs> in your man cave. We're inviting ourselves. Well, well, I'm visiting me down to only two chairs in this man cave because it's too full. I've got too much crap in it. You need chairs that pop up out of the floor when you need extras. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. But no, but I am excited for the Snyder Cut. Um, I I like Zack Snyder's visuals. I don't don't know that it's going to change the movie much, like I said. The one example I can think of that parallels this at all is the Richard Donner cut for Superman two. And that did not improve that movie. And Richard Donner is also a director that I respect a lot. So I don't know, but mm-hmm. um, I have been this week also though, to move on to something else and kind of stay on the, what are we watching? Uh, none of y'all have watched star girl yet. Have you haven't? No, I did watch the uh, oh, first few episodes of altered carbon. I see, and I can't do Altered Carbon. Really? Why not? I tried it. I don't know. Did you? Okay, so you watched season one or season two? I, I watched season one. I watched the first episode well, Joel or two. The actress name is oh. it's Joel Kinnaman, right, David? The, Maybe. Who plays who? Wait, what? He's an Altered Carbon. It was his Suicide Squad. Dang it. Why Why do I Who's do he this in the middle of a podcast? Who's he playing Suicide Squad? Rick Flag. Um, I don't remember. Kinnaman. Yes, he's in season one of Alter Carbon, and then in season two, it is... Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie, right. So that's the one you've been watching. I like Anthony Mackie. Uh, I know, that's why I he's, figured. He's so super I, fun I to watch. I watched season one and just couldn't get into it. Yeah, it was kind of weird. The best thing about season one was the AI Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway... Oh, look, I want to okay. tell you about Stargirl. Stargirl. So tell us about Stargirl. Okay. I have fallen in love with this show. You love it? It looks very charming. It. it is very charming. And this has become a, we are three episodes in. This has become a family event. My six-year-old has watched episode one like three times. My wife got mad the other day because she walks in the living room and Jesse's rewatching episode one. And Michelle didn't catch it long enough to realize that it was episode one again. And she got mad because she thought we were watching episode three without her. <laughs> um, it's it's really good. And we'll Luke Wilson it. is so good. The only word you can come up with for for Luke Wilson in the show is he's so earnest. It's the only word I, it's the only word I can keep coming up with. It's just like he's mm-hmm. so good and down to earth and honest all the time. And... It's just, I, I love this show, and it really has this, David always likes to use that it has this timeless feel. Mm-hmm. So, you know how, like, we have the vintage-looking appliances now that are really new? Mm-hmm. They've got those 
pastel colors and there's enamel and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Those appliances are in the show. Okay. Uh, the the old music is is it's a '57 Chevy Belair. It's the car. It's if you it, it looks like old '50s diner writing. It's the logo for this show because we're tying back into the golden age characters. Nice. Mm-hmm. We got we got an Alan Scott Green Lantern. We got Wildcat. We got Our Man. We got Doctor Fate. We the all the old JSA characters. And mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil too much, but. So those golden age awesome. characters are gone. Starman was one of them. Okay. Right. Later on, uh, Cor- uh, Pat Dugan, Luke Wilson's character, was involved with the JSA. I don't want to spoil too much. You can kind of see from the trailers what's yeah, going yeah. on, though, right? So he's got Starman's staff. His stepdaughter finds it. She becomes the new star girl, and that's where we're at in the show. And we keep going back to these golden age characters, which, of course, have been moved forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like these characters existed 50 years ago. In this world, they only existed just 10 years ago. They have gone out of their way to make this feel like it's set in the 40s or 50s, when it's, but it is actually set in modern day. It's they kind of a, anachronistic. Yeah, they do a really good job of making it obvious that it's modern, but at the mm-hmm. same time, giving it that 1950s feel. Mm-hmm. And I just, I have completely fallen in love with this show. That's well, awesome. So, I'll be honest, you, you've convinced me to watch it, uh, genuinely, just yeah. from the it, description it, of it. It is really good. One uh, of my favorite shows. Uh, Je- Je- Jeff Johns, who, I'm sorry, David, Jeff Johns, who actually created Courtney for the comic books. He didn't create most of the other characters. He didn't create Pat Dugan or any of those. They existed during the Golden Age, but he brought them forward and created Courtney to tie all this together, and he's directly involved in the show. And there are some detailed differences between the show and the comics, obviously. That's going to happen, but I'm glad he's involved. I think that's a big reason why we've got so much of the charm from the comic book in this show. Mm-hmm. So... That's I, really cool. It's a big double thumbs up. Y'all need to watch it. Yeah, we're That's definitely cool. going to check that out. Uh, at the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths, they, there was a little cameo from the Stargirl crew. Um, okay. I hope that that means some kind of future showing up on, I don't know, Infinite Crisis or whatever it is they do next uh, for the CW shows. Right. I think that'd be great. But one of my favorite shows ever is the Justice League Unlimited series uh, from the early 2000s. That that show is why I hate the movie Justice League, right? Like, I love this show. And one of the best episodes is an episode where you have characters like Stargirl and Vigilante and, and like, Gold Knight or whatever his name was. I forget. Uh, and they're at a parade because Superman is not available. And they have to fight, like, this big doomsday-type villain. And yeah. they're the only ones there. And they don't have any powers, it's a great episode. I think Dad knows the one I'm talking about. It is a very good episode. Yeah, Green Arrow shows up, and and it made me really like these characters. They they had a lot to do in Justice League Unlimited. So, um, if you are a fan out there of of comic books who has not seen that show yet, do whatever it is you have to do to see Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. It's it's, I think it's better it's than better Batman show. the Animated Series. That's just me. No, but also because I just but... love all the all the characters and stuff. <laughs> What'd you say? Well, 
I said, no, it's not, but that's okay that you think so. <laughs> well, I love all it's the different characters. Show, I love though. getting to see all the great characters. The sea characters like Stargirl, you know? I see characters like Stargirl and Vigilante and the she side characters like that show up. What what did you grow up in France? Vigilante. Vigilante. I don't know. That's why I feel like the Vigilante. Just Vigilante. 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 I've been playing. I've Louisiana. actually been playing Assassin's Creed Unity, which takes place in fa- in France. Oh, well, it's like Italian. <laughs> I'm sorry. Vigilante. Vigilante. Yeah, okay. now that you mention it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like this the show Justice League Unlimited. I say things weird. Don't sometimes. don't go losing your don't go losing your southern accent. You gotta you gotta hold on to that. It's important. All right. Anyway. <laughs> That's what is vigilante? Yes, vigilante. 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 Yeah. Not vigilante. Vigilante. It's got a T in it. If we're vigilante. being if we're being vigilante. critical, Daniel. <laughs> I didn't know we, like, entered grammar class. <laughs> we didn't, but you were criticizing the way he was saying it. You were still saying it well, wrong. I couldn't help it. He was, just, he was just being fancy with it. Anyway, that is current television and movies we've been watching. Uh, but we got some stuff coming up in the future. And I'm actually not sure how much of this stuff any of us are looking forward to. I'm going to run down it. It's all Star Trek related. I want to run down it real quick and just tell me what you're really excited for. We have Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which will be a CBS All Access show. That one's going to follow uh, the versions of Captain Pike and Spock, the number one that we introduced in Discovery. Uh, Star Trek Lower Decks is also CBS Adult Access. This one feels like an adult comedy animated show. Um Mike McMahon, the the guy behind Rick and Morty, is behind this one, so I'm I'm kind of expecting that to have the same sort of feel. Really? There's a there's a new Star Trek animated show coming to Nickelodeon that'll be more kid friendly. I don't know if y'all heard about this one. This yeah. is the description for this show: Lawless teenagers discover a derelict Starfleet ship and use it for adventure. Yeah, that, that one actually sounds that pretty sounds good. like fun. Right. And of course, the uh, the series we've known about for a while has been in the works. That's uh, Section Thirty One, which will follow Michelle Yao's character from Discovery, and um, really just wondering which one of these we're the most excited about, if any, because I really <laughs> think I can deal with some Anson Mount as Christopher Pike. As much as I really don't like Discovery, my favorite part of Discovery was that crew. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I really do like Anson Mount's yeah. take on for Pike. I, I, I want to see that they, they're talking about this one like it will have more of an original series feel, I'm which a, I get excited about. Yeah, I'm a big Anson Mount fan. I, I think that that's. I think that's a good move. I guess we just have to wait and see what they do with it, but. I think it's time to, like, let's do some Star Trek that feels a little more original series or mm-hmm. at least the next generation kind Which of Which is what they it. say this one will be more like. And that and that's yeah. awesome. Um, I got to say, as much as, like, it's probably not, you know, it's, it's not going to be geared towards me. I'm kind of excited about the, the Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon show, show because with you on that. I can introduce my kids to Star Trek. Yep. That was exactly my thoughts. Yeah, yep. that was exactly like I saw, you know, like a list of stuff. It was like, eh, 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 
intrigued. And then the Nickelodeon, I was like, okay, now that, that I'm kind of excited about. Because like you said, it's um, something that we can, and hopefully this, um, hopefully the, the Christopher Pike show will be something we can watch with the kids too. If they really are going a little more uh, old school Star Trek with it. Yeah. It kind of feels, it kind of feels like Star Wars Resistance for Star Trek. Mm-hmm. It's where my mind sort of goes with it. Okay. What were you say? What were you saying, David? Oh, I'm, you don't want to start Jesse off with a, uh, with a uh, Wrath of Khan. I do not. <laughs> we could always start with the original series, though. My kids like. We could. My kids. I mean, it'd be. We used to watch it. Appropriate. It might just go over her head a little bit. Yeah. She. she already a pretty good geek she loves spider-man as amazing friends which i grew up with mm-hmm. she she likes she likes some spider-man now you put you put spider-man in a cartoon show she'll watch it mm-hmm. do you, what do you mean you mean to say that your kid is going to be a nerd no say it ain't so looks that way oh. well i mean so far i'm about 50 50 yeah. You can't get Madison to sit down and get into any of this stuff. Yeah. yeah so. I did hear it suggested the only reason that she uh, came to Comic-Con that year was to get a picture of Chris Evans with no shirt on. <laughs> Which she still has hanging on her wall. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I remember that. I remember. And, and she didn't end up getting an autograph. Okay. But it was kind of like she was asking for it. And, you know, I uh, I try to be, you know kind and and calm and, and cool really? but i was you were if not my dad cool. was gonna buy her a chris <laughs> evans autograph instead of buying me a chris evans autograph there would have been problems <laughs> there would have been an issue there would have been you would have appreciated it more yeah exactly <laughs> imagine the shirtless picture of chris evans hanging in your bed well no it wouldn't have been i would well, have gotten a different that, that's fine I, know, I would have gotten a different. I would have gotten a different picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh my anyway. gosh! So Jesse can go to Comic Con dressed as a Star Girl. Oh, that would be so cute. That would. That'd be very cute. We could we could dress David up as the the sidekick. Stripe, you want to go with Stripe? David, you want to go in the big robotic suit? That'd be pretty cool. That would that be, be cool. Fun. Actually. If we only knew someone who was good at designing costumes. If you did, I'd be happy to help you with it. (laughs) So here's my thought on Star Trek, though. Like, can anybody... Okay, so whenever they recast, like, for for the Kelvin movies, they recast the original characters, and it's like, man, but darned if Zachary Quinto didn't just knock Spock out of the park. Like... To have, like, again, somebody else come in and do a young Spock, it's like, yeah. I mean... Another one. Can, it's also the third time Christopher Pike's been cast. True. Yeah, that's true. But the original, we didn't seem a uh, third or fourth time. Did they, whenever they came back and had the Christopher Pike episodes later in the original series, was, was it the Jeffrey same actor? Hunter. Okay. He was in two episodes, the, the pilot where No Man Has Gone Before, mm-hmm. and The Cage. Right, which was just a recutting of the pilot, right? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. But, yeah, so it's like at this point, I'm just like, okay. Also, Christopher Pike is not nearly as iconic of a character as Spock is. Spock is one of the most iconic characters in Star Trek. So it'll be interesting to see if if lightning strikes three times in, in the Spock department. Casual fans have no clue who Christopher Pike is. It takes someone like us to appreciate 
the whole Christopher Pike thing. Yeah. And Anson Mount, I just think he did an amazing job in Discovery portraying that character. I, yeah. He, he really kind of, like you said, we didn't, in the original series, we didn't get a whole lot of Pike. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the Kelvin timeline, like I, like I say, I can enjoy Kelvin timeline because I'm really good at separating it. Mm-hmm. And, and and seeing it as two different things. Thank you, comic so, books. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that that, um, that character that's that's Bruce Greenwood's character. That's a whole different Pike. I'm fine with that. I, I, I like that character too. But if you're going to go, what we got in Discovery is supposed to be the same Pike we had in original series. Then I think. What they gave us is pretty much exactly the way I imagine Pike in my head. Yeah, I, I, I just, I just think it was, it was, he was brilliantly written. I think he was well acted. I do want to see more of that character. Um, Ethan Peck has Spock, like Marisha mentioned. We get another Spock now, younger Spock, and he was a little bit different character in Discovery than we saw in the original series. Uh, Peck himself, though, has actually pointed out that where we're going in Strange New Worlds, he feels like Spock's matured a little bit. He'll be more like Spock we had in the original series. He's becoming that character at this point in his life. Right. So that'd be interesting. And, of course, Rebecca Romaine is number one. Maybe they'll actually give her a name now. (laughs) Yeah, they should. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, so that's the one I'm excited about. And the Nickelodeon show. Yeah. Um, Nobody really like. Okay, I guess got one more thing to say about this and then then we can move on. Is it bizarre to anybody that they're finally making the original Star Trek show that they first pitched? Oh. Y'all, this is the show that Gene Roddenberry pitched to CBS whenever he created Star Trek. Christopher Pike. That's cool. Love and his that. first officer, I it, but I love it. And Mr. Spock, they're they're finally making the series. Yeah, the the studio didn't buy it then, but the studio buys it now. So, if for no other reason than that, I hope it's phenomenal. I have high hopes for it. I don't know that I've been this excited about a new Star Trek in a very long time. No, to be honest, no, I haven't. I was really excited about Discovery until I watched the first episode. Then I was like, yeah, less excited. I know some people but, love it. I mean, it's not a knock against anybody who loves it. I just didn't. Right. And I don't, I, me either. And with Discovery, I made a Facebook post during the Discovery premiere. Why in the hell did we have to change the way the Klingons look again? Again. This is completely pointless. Right. And so that was that was the first and that's not even that's not even the biggest of that show's sins. Um and I do think the catapulting them into the future at the end of season two really was a like a mulligan. I don't know what I'm trying to say. They they knew they screwed up trying to set this before the original series and realized this that it was not working. And you know what? Let's just catapult them 3,400 million years into the future and just be done with them. 
<laughs> that that's kind of like what happened, right? And I just I just looked up the Klingons in Discovery. Why do they? <laughs> why do they look like that? No one knows, son. That looks like a completely different species. Yeah, okay. yeah, and it is actually. That's really sort of the explanation. Oh, okay. It's just stupid. It's okay, just so stupid. what was? I I never did get what the explanation was for changing the Klingons in the first place. Because well, initially, the only way they could tell what a Klingon was is because when the trouble went, and I mean. Right. Well, the th- okay, so here, uh, so here's the real world explanation and the in world explanation. Okay. okay. Real world explanation is their capabilities with the budget they had, with the makeup they could do in the original series, they couldn't really do what they wanted. Okay. By the time they got to make the first film, they were able to do more. They decided, let's make the Klingons look more distinct. Okay. Make them look cooler, or make them look more menacing, and they came up with the with the the uh, forehead ridges, okay? okay, which is which is cool. So that's the Klingons we got for a long time. Mm-hmm. All right, the in world explanation is there was a mm-hmm. augmented virus that caused them to lose their ridges, and that was the the set of Klingons that was in power at the time in the original series, and then the group of Klingons who had not lost their ridges came back into power by the time of the next generation, and that's sort of the convoluted way they tried to explain it in canon. Okay. Like, they just look stupid in Discovery. That was my point. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all I had. Was there anything else I wanted to talk about? Um, we, no, I had a couple little things that I thought were worth mentioning. One of, one of which I stumbled across a minute ago. Apparently... Uh, we were talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. earlier, and I did discuss, uh, stumbled across where the showrunners have said that this does still all tie directly to the MCU, and apparently we will see how the snap affected the people in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Some, at some point this season. So they're going to tie it back in. Yeah. So basically, our we just well, haven't they seen never untied it. They've just been ignoring it, right? Well, right. We kind of moved off to different periods of time where we haven't necessarily had to deal directly with what was going on. Another little thing of note, and I don't know who he might be playing, but Evan Peters from the X Men is rumored to have joined the Wandavision cast. Oh, I could see him playing. Uh... Oh no, no! Don't say it. One, I was going to say one of their children. I think it's like Magic and uh, Wigan are their kids. So nobody's going to point out the fact that we're getting the other universe. Other universe books over. I mean, that's why I brought it up. That's why I thought it was worth it mentioning it. But could he play in? (laughs) We killed David. Seriously, it didn't even click. But yeah, okay. Maybe what if he shows up as an alternate universe Quicksilver? Uh, that's kind of what I was actually gonna Ooh. pitch. Mm-hmm. That's what every that's where everybody's mind is gonna freaking jump. My Twitter and Facebook feed is gonna be just full of <sighs> Evan Peters being Quicksilver in the MCU now by some weird alternate reality, which yeah. I don't really want. He's cool and all. I like that version of Quicksilver, but. 
I don't. I, I could do without seeing it come over to the MCU. I, I'm okay with it. I think the magic might be kind of gone from it. I mean, I don't know though. Um, and, and he might be playing someone completely different. We just don't know. I mean, it's. I mean, the who knows? But I, I can mean, definitely imagine him as one of those kids, though. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what he does. Uh, the other little bit of good news related to Marvel is that it looks like the studios are cranking the machine back up. Uh, WandaVision set to start filming again in July, and it looks like probably the same for Shang-Chi. That's awesome. good. That's good. No, and and we, we knew filming... that was coming. We were all kind of expecting that. Mm-hmm. Did they finish filming uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier? I believe it's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah they finished so which means I, they probably we actually that's coming out in August. We should be getting a trailer like mm-hmm. real soon. That's yeah. great. I actually think I heard. I think I read like right before the show started that um, that might potentially retitle that show for season two. Hmm. Yeah, that's what they were saying. Uh, that that came out yesterday, I think, where they were talking about if they do a season two, they will probably retitle. I don't know what that means. Hmm. Uh, it kind of makes you wonder if you necessarily are going to get them both back if they do a sequel. Uh, you know, well, I mean, if he's becoming Captain America, right? You know, at the at the end of season one, I, th- I think like the journey is going to be him actually being able to become Captain America. Oh, then we at the end of Captain season one, America. if they're trying to set up the status quo that he is Captain America, yeah, that would make me happy. Yeah, and then like actually call it Captain America. Um, uh-huh. Bucky's really not the Winter Soldier anymore either. So right, I think there's a couple different reasons, but I would think it made me really happy if like they just called it, if it, I would love to see a Captain America movie like Captain America, not yeah. Captain America Falcon Man, like it's Captain America, and it just is it's Sam Wilson as Captain America because I. I mean, I don't know if we've had a chance to talk about it, but I read that run, actually, of him as Captain America, of Sam Wilson as Captain America, and I thought it was really, really great. Really? I really loved it. Um, I, I thought that they were able to do a lot of really cool things with the with the wings and the shield and, and all the different Captain America characters, and, and I'm very excited to see that translate. I think they made the right choice, giving the shield to Sam. I think it's going to be a very cool thing. Mm-hmm. And I like Sam uh, a lot. I really do. Anthony Mackie can definitely hold his own movie, no doubt in my mind, that he could be a leading man. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I'd love to see like just Captain. That's just that's just the status quo. Mm-hmm. Is Sam Wilson as Captain America? And maybe one day Bucky can be Captain America. Uh, we can try that sometime. No, yeah. he's gonna be Luke Skywalker. <laughs> hey, I'd be down with that. I would too. So there's one other thing from the MCU, and I think it was, if the rumors are true, we're all going to look back and go, well, that was obvious, is Harley Keener, the character from Iron Man 3, the kid, mm-hmm. is now rumored to be taking up the mantle of Iron Man. He was at the funeral. I don't know if you caught well, that. Wasn't that kind yeah. of whenever he was, whenever it came out that that was who was he was at the funeral? It wasn't that kind of the buzz then. It was, but there was some like starting. I guess back on Tuesday, we kind of got started getting some some little bit more serious buzz from some legit sources. Well, in in world, how old is that character now? Because we had a five year jump, right? So uh, I'm assuming he's going to be like. Either late teens or early 20s. What year was Iron Man 3, David? Uh, 2013. 
or 2013. Maybe it was 2012. Right, so 2012. So eight years mm-hmm. for us, but a five-year jump. So it's like 13 years. So yeah, he'd be in his 20s. Yeah, he was 11 at the time of the movie. So 16 years old at the time of the snap. And so 21. So basically, you're putting him. You're going to put a character roughly the same age. You're going to make him about the same age as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And he'll be 21. Well, Spider Man's still a teenager in That's world. Right. So now you've got this young man's going. This man's going to be in his early mm-hmm. 20s. He's 21. If he's 21 at the yeah. time of Endgame, and we wait a few years to make the movie, he'll be what, 24. Perfect. He's a legal age to uh, be an alcoholic, just like Tony Stark. <laughs> Honestly, though, I don't think they're going to put. I don't think they're going to cat. Like have an M world character as as Iron Man who's less than twenty one. I, yeah. th- I think they're gonna, you know, want that character to be a legal adult. Mm-hmm. That's you know, he- fascinating. I feel so freaking bad for War Machine. You have no idea because you know like the entire plot of Far From Home is who's gonna be the next Iron Man, and you got poor, and you got poor Rhodey. You got poor Rhodey over there already. In the the thing is, is they kind of made Rhodey really unlikable in Civil War. Yeah, they did. But I still, I still like Rhodey though a lot. I think John, Don Cheadle is the most underrated actor in the MCU. Uh, he's, I think he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite parts of Endgame. I love that he got to do a lot in Endgame. He mm-hmm. did a lot in Endgame, and I would love to see a War Machine movie. Actually, it's, I just think it's funny that like everyone's like, "Who's gonna be the next Iron Man?" And there's literally <laughs> there's his a guy already in the suit. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of gets overlooked, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, I think that's all the time we got. Um, until next time, Marisha, where can people find you? You can find me at princessesandpadawans.com, on Instagram at princesses underscore and underscore padawans, and p padawans on Twitter. And Andrew. All right, you can catch me running the Twitter account for this show at Sci underscore Fictionary. You can drop us a line at the Science Fictionary at gmail.com. You can look us up at the Science And as always, check us out as well as all of our podcast family at the at red5network.com. All right. And David? Uh, can be found on Twitter and Instagram at stay underscore creative dd. And on my YouTube channel, Creative D and D, I do podcasts, nerd stuff, all, all the fun stuff that you like. And I am Dan C. Peeps on Twitter, and we'll see you next time.